Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On, the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, every single day, if it's important to the Big Blue Nation, the BBN, we're going to talk about it. My name is Jay Kyle Mann. I have a website called The Dime Drop, and I'm joined, as always, by Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. It's pretty good. I think it's your. It's kind of your thing, man. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. Just go for it. You know. I, well, I can't. I'm trying to remember what Curtis. What his like little. Uh, Welcome into Locked On Kentucky. Uh, he always had like this, like whispery, soft way that he did it. Like, uh. I think Curtis was always trying not to make noise for whatever room he was recording in. Whoever, <laughs> oh, just whoever, be quiet. Whoever was next door, yeah. Oh, Curtis is way nicer and and has more decorum than than either of us. So. Nicer, yeah, I would say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, Curtis. Hey, he's listening. I know he is. Anyway, yeah. hey guys, today uh, we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk a little little more. There's some important UK recruiting stuff that I promise you you're gonna need to hear. Like I need to convince anybody they want to hear about recruiting and basketball. And we're gonna talk and preview some more uh, the the team coming up specifically. Uh, a certain part of the team, and then uh, we're going to just talk some some more, do a little more uh, therapy about football, I would say, is a good way to put it. So we we talked a lot about the bigs yesterday, you know, talking about Richards and Sestina and, and EJ Montgomery, EJ the angel from Montgomery, and we talked about how Cal really want. Did, did you even get that reference? Do you even get no. that? No. Oh, well, you just Sorry. go look it up. It's pathetic. Uh, so... You're really quiet. You're not very. You're not very repartee tonight, Kyle. I'm <laughs> just just listening for your lip smacks. Oh my god, <laughs> you're gonna feel my hand smack. Yeah. You well, are you just are you so rested that you're just uh, yeah, I'm just, that I'm you're feeling, just like so chilled out. That I'm you're, just melting into my chair. No, I was just I was waiting on you to set it up, buddy. I'm gonna talk whenever you. Uh, whenever oh, you I know me you're here. gonna talk. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're slap happy um, uh, yeah, a little bit so we're going to talk about yeah the the backcourt i don't need to tease it anymore the backcourt is what we're going to talk about and kentucky's backcourt is vast this year and an interesting dynamic i would say um what uh you know you previewed talk a little bit about what what you glean what cal's thinking about the backcourt for this coming season well i think it's the one area that he's very very excited about um i mean there's he's i think he's pretty excited about the whole team but um i think there's more uncertainty about even the wings like how you use some of those you know six 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 seven guys they got four of them uh and but especially in the post as we talked about yesterday i don't think he feels much anxiety at all about the true guards that he has um ashton hagans tyrese maxey are you know almost certainly starters Manual quickly, I think it can be a sixth man type guy, sixth or seventh. I mean, I guess I would, I guess I'd say first off the bench uh, in terms of the guards. Uh, I think, I think quickly is going to be such a consistent shooter that they're not going to be able to keep him off the floor. That yeah. started to happen a little bit towards the end of the year, and then he just laid a total stinker against Auburn. But, uh, right. uh yeah, I, I was going to ask you really quick, not, not a total digression, but wh- what do you think the oddest team that Cal is that Cal has put together? I think I know the answer, but what do you think uh, it is? I mean, it's easy to say 20, 2013 because they went to the NIT, but it really wasn't an odd team. It was just a team missing a point guard. Yeah. Um, 
I think 2016 was the strangest team. You think um, so? I have a stranger one, but go okay. Ahead. I just I, well, they had no they had no true post player mm-hmm. at all. Um, they had the best backcourt pair in America <laughs> yeah. in Ulysses and Murray, and then they had sort of this renegade other McDonald's All American guard in Briscoe um, <laughs> as a freshman and. And then just like a bunch of ill-fitting pieces, I, you know, I, I don't. I thought that was a really weird team. I think the uh, I think the 2017 team was by far the strangest team. Really? That, that he's put. I, I'm trying to think that. Well, maybe it's 2018. Yeah, Knox. Okay, yeah, was, I was the, gonna say 2017 was yeah. a a national championship level. Yeah, team. I'm sorry, I, that that's Fox and Monk. I was, I'm, yeah. it's I'm getting I'm getting old, folks. <laughs> if that, get, if that's weird to little, you, <laughs> tell you what, getting, it's really strange when you got uh, a lottery pick big man, a no, lottery no, pick no, shooting no, guard, no. and a lottery that, pick point guard. I think that team was just really strange because they had a bunch of three three slash fours. You know? Oh yeah, and, you're and that, you're right about that. I think that was yeah. probably the yeah. weirdest team he's put out. But this team, not like that. This team. You know, they have options, they have flexible pieces, I would say. You know, they got two guys that are that could play up to the four, like we talked about in Brooks, uh Brooks and uh Khalil Whitney, but the guards, yeah, like to go with what we were saying before, I think I think quickly, quick as they call him on the team, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um I think I think they're gonna him and Juzang, I think they're gonna be hard to keep off the floor because that shooting is gonna be so valuable. Well, that's what when you said you know he's going to shoot it so well, I think it'll be hard to keep him off the floor. I think some of that will be predicated upon how Johnny Juzang does, uh, because if you have a six seven guy shooting it similarly and can maybe do more things offensively than just shoot the three, uh, Johnny makes it tough to get quickly on the court. Probably, um, although I, I, you can play, I think you can play quickly. Um, and Juzang, obviously, if you're spelling. Ashton with Tyrese Maxey at the point guard, or you're spelling Ashton with quickly at the point guard. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of different ways you can mix and match it. Point being, I think Cal does feel really good about that group. And and from what I gather, they essentially are treating. Uh, this kind of tells you about how they view each of the, the those uh, six, 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 seven guys that I mentioned. They're treating uh, Johnny like a guard. They're, he's with the guards. He's with Maxie Hagens and quickly, like in drills and things like that, as I understand it. He's um, a two. I th- yeah. I think Juzang's a two. Just a big two, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he's. I think he was listed as a small forward on some of the sites with because he's because of his size, but um, he's not going to go in there. I mean, he was a guy who played with the ball in his hand in high school. He was a point guard on his high school team, so – um, well, I say that, but he can play some three. I was just thinking about it. I mean, you could you could go there. You're right. I mean, there's so many different ways that they, they could play really aggressively because they're going to have a lot of fouls to give number one. But yeah. they they could go they could go Maxi quickly Juzang. They could go Hagen's Maxi Juzang. They could go like yeah. I mean, they so many all, ways. I think the only guy who's one, just one thing is Hagen's. He's the point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to put him at shooting guard <laughs> maybe in some weird you know setup where you want to attack it from you know initiate offense from the wing I guess I, but Hagen's is pretty much the point guard and then the others are really kind of interchangeable parts and it is interesting from an offensive perspective because I think quickly and Juzang give them the shooting they're going to need but I think the reason Cal is really excited about the backcourt is is primarily a defensive thing 
um, because you know you have the you know coming back the co-defensive SEC defensive player of the year in Hagens, who for a stretch was one of the best, if not the best, defender in the country for a stretch of about a dozen games. The most disruptive, I would say. I would yeah, not best. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. A positional defender and team defender, but disruptive, absolutely. Yeah, on the ball, not many guys better than Ashton Hagens. Um, I think. Um, I think Jones, Trey Jones is probably a little bit better than him as a positional defender right now, but Ashton just just blows. You basically they couldn't run a dribble handoff at at the top on in the in the top right. part of the floor for a stretch there because he just blew everything up. And and Maxi is a really aggressive defender as well, and those guys really pride themselves on it. And so and quickly, I think is a really capable defender and will be better this year. As he's he looks a lot more. Some of the pictures there sharing on the official account from practices quickly looks like he's really done some work on his body and he looks stronger um i mean quickly if you just look at him he's a very physically impressive college guard uh, yeah. i mean he's he's well built and and johnny juzang's really got some not just height but has got some size as well and so you know one of the things cal said in the, the state of the program piece that i have up um at the athletic, he said defense starts on the ball. If you can't guard the ball, you have no defense. If you can really guard the ball, uh, you're going to have a really good defense, especially if you have shot blocking behind it, because all of a sudden you're occupying their eyes before they make a play. And this should be a good defensive team. He he's pretty fired up, I think, about the way they can sort of um, put pressure on an opposing offense before it really gets a chance to even set anything up. Um, they're going to raise teams up is basically what you're going to see. They're, you're going to see the UK defense lift offenses up so that they're trying to start. You know, I think like it's like 2,300 square – I forget how many square feet a half court is. They're going to start pushing you up into that near the half court stripe uh, because they're going to be so active and, and physical, I think. Yeah, and, you know, and it's interestingly from talking to folks, I think those uh, those guards – are, are already kind of talking amongst themselves about how good they can be defensively. And they're started kind of describing themselves as the head of the snake. Mm. Uh, and I think you, you want that mentality obviously out of that group. And uh, yeah, so I, to, to me, I think if you, if you want a reason to um, believe Kentucky can win a national championship uh, or compete for a national championship this year, legitimately, it's really, really starts with those guys because uh, if Hagens and Maxi are as dominant of a pairing as I think they could be, and then quickly and Juzang are are competent supplemental pieces in the backcourt, then I don't know how many teams in the country have have what they have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the guard spots. I think you know you're gonna need you're gonna need Juzang and you're gonna need quickly to be sort of pressure release sort of a thing. I always make this comparison that whenever you're trying to get the sauce, there's a couple of comparisons. I, I like to use this one though. Like the sauce has to flow within the offense, and like if, if you've ever opened up, like uh, have you ever had Valentina hot sauce? You ever had that? No. Well, it, you remember whenever on Miller Lite they put that extra hole at the top of the can yeah. so that it would flow better? That's basically what I'm talking about. The sauce the sauce has to flow, and, and in order for it to flow, you need shooting, basically. That's that's what allows the oxygen to get into the offense, and I think that's what Quickly and Juzan could be, and I think you got Hagens and Maxi could be 
high level high level off the bounce uh, creators you know Hagen's really needs to work on his finishing this year that was one of the most infuriating <laughs> yeah. maddening uh just perplexing things it's just uh yeah. yeah yeah Cal talked about that like that like he even admitted like there were times that you just go how did that not go in um but apparently it has been a major part of the mission this offseason for Ashton Hagen's is to solve that riddle to figure out what was going on there. It's mental. Um, it's and, mental, man. Yeah. I've watched him do it too many times to to think that it's anything else. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So I think you're yeah. right, Kyle. Well, I think the two Kyles are absolutely correct. Group think. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> smooth what a, what a smooth, weird episode <laughs> smooth. Uh, we're nailing it so we talked about the current backcourt um to start this thing off kyle but the a, a, a fairly big piece is moving uh in terms of recruiting for the 2020 class potentially in the next backcourt um we have talked ad nauseum uh, on previous episodes about all the pieces they're adding, you know, on the wings. Uh, and now they have a big man in the class, um, but how much they need a point guard. Now, obviously they're, they continue to pursue Cade Cunningham. I, they obviously think they still have a chance. I think that's remains a slim chance. Uh, and I would say almost slim to none. I really still don't buy that they're going to ultimately get him. But they have they have another plan for that, and that we have talked about is Devin Askew, who's a, a five star point guard, top fifteen ish player in the class of twenty twenty one, and they have been all over him um, lately, and and really making good progress. And he he posted something on social media today saying basically a decision was coming soon, hmm. um, and a lot of buzz started coming out today about um, Louisville for him. And they've been recruiting him for a long time as well. Uh, Chris Mack, and and that social media post came right after Chris Mack uh, visited him. Cal Perry visited him just a couple days earlier out in California. But um, there's some... Matt or die, right? I'm pretty sure yeah, that's the school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's a, he's a big-time player. Uh, I think people are probably less familiar with him right now just because they haven't been focused on 2021 guys. But he, there's a very – one, there's a very good chance he moves up. Uh, I don't think it's a done deal, but a very good chance that he moves up to 2020, um, in which case he would be their – probably their most likely guy to get at point guard and would be a great addition, uh, would fit, uh, I think, beautifully with the pieces they have on the perimeter. Uh, and they would, I, I think they'd take it all day long. I mean, they obviously you'd love to have Cade Cunningham, and I know you personally <laughs> would love to see Cade Cunningham here because he's a, a superstar. But Askew would, I think, be very good with this group. He'd be an ideal guy to sort of uh, facilitate uh, and be part of a, a mix of really good players. And um, so a bunch of predictions came out today, a couple of them. Uh, some well-known people predicted Louisville for him, and that's that's got everybody buzzing. I, I guess first of all, I would just say to you, uh, if that went that way, this is really kind of the first real head-to-head recruiting battle, I think, for Calipari and Chris Mack. They were, you know, they Kentucky had some interest in some guys that they got last year, but I don't think it ever went further than that. Uh, but this looks like a genuine head-to-head battle, I kinda, it feels kind of important, right? Like in the 
in setting a tone either way. Like if you're Chris Mack and you can go steal Calipari's, you know, best shot at getting a good point guard for next year, um, that's huge. Uh, and yeah, if you're definitely. Calip- and yeah. if you're Calipari and and I think Louisville's been on this kid a lot longer than Kentucky. That's so often the story, right? That they swoop in and get the guy without having to spend as much time on him. That also sends a message. If Cal pulls that off, then it then it says like you know. I'm still me, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're still us. Um, but what, I guess I, what are your thoughts on sort of the significance of this particular recruitment and the rivalry aspect of it? Well, I mean, for it's a big deal for Louisville. Like if they, if they could just, you, I mean, you said it, it's, it, it would really definitely get some momentum going for them. I, I think, I think Louisville's on a pretty good track. I think that, the first time I think this I think this game this year is going to be maybe more competitive than people realize. Um, I don't Absolutely. think that it's going to be Louisville's going to be good. Samuel Williamson is a really good player, and I now you know you talked about how yeah I'm a big Cade Cunningham fan like like everybody that loves basketball and has a brain and eyes. Uh, but he if they don't get him and somehow they can get. Devin Askew, and I, I dread Devin Askew coming to Kentucky for one reason, and that is to mention our friend Curtis again, the puns that he's going to make. I know they're coming. Uh, he's going to just make jokes about just askew. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, you don't, that's, that's where my mind went. Uh, yeah, the headlines are there. They're going to be there. So there you go, Curtis, again. No, I, I spent some time watching this kid today. This This is a fiery competitor Definitely like a well-balanced, the type of guy that's going to be a really good college guard because he can just do a little bit of everything, really physical driver, really strong, like a, a built like a, like a, like a truck base, not like, not overweight, but he's just, he's a strong point guard, can really penetrate, can pass with either hand. I like his shot mechanics. Um, I talked about Trey Jones earlier. This guy kind of reminds me of Trey's brother, Tyus, a little bit, but but Askew is stronger. Uh, he's like I said, he's um, he's he's a really competitive, outspoken, outspoken uh, talker. That like he kind of he kind of has a little bit of that Keldon in him, where he's he gets going. You know, he's he's a chirper. But I think he would pair perfectly with these wings that they've got coming in because uh, he's just he seems like he's a dog. Yeah, I've heard I've heard him described affectionately as an mf'er, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by by folks who have seen a lot of him, and that that it is a compliment. You know, you want that guy who's just going to be an attack dog, um, and uh, not not just defensively, but a guy who offensively kind of has that I'm I'm coming at you well, uh, mentality so see see to me those are cow guys because there's right. there's been a, a recent thing that's happened in cow's success where he started to recruit these he's started to recruit like these kids that have a certain I don't know. I, I just I always think of Cal as like dogged, like dogged players, like uh, guys that would uh, guys that aren't afraid to scrap. Kind of the Eric Bledsoe types, you know, just the rough yeah, and tumble. You, like uh, you I have to know. worry about just a little. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, that's Maybe a it's thing. A nice kids. I don't know. It's it's just a, a thing where I, this this guy is a, a typical classic. Cal guy that that yeah. can line up with Cal's personality, um, and I, I'm a fan. I watching him just a little bit today. I, I became a fan of him. Yeah, I think you know. I think that I think you're you're exactly right in terms, and I do think that's true both in football and basketball. I've heard high level coaches in both sports 
talk uh, sort of off the record about, look, we don't want guys out there committing crimes and, you know, we don't want guys out there throwing punches on the court or the field, but like the best teams and programs usually have at least one guy that everybody's a little bit afraid of, <laughs> you know, in <laughs> one way, Liggins, you, know, you know, one way or the other, and, you know, you don't want them to be a menace to society, but you, you want them to, you want them to have a look in their eye that the other guy sees when he, when he steps, you know, in front of him, and, uh, there's an edge to that. Um, so yeah, I, I like this kid a lot and there is a lot of buzz about Louisville. And so obviously you have to take Louisville seriously now. I mean, some people that I, I respect a lot, uh, have predicted um, Louisville today. I would just say I saw some Kentucky fans sort of uh, get climbing up on the ledge about that. Uh, I would say don't count out Kentucky in this one. Don't don't count out Joel Justice. He's the guy that's been on him. Um, and this this too is where um, where Joel's role has may pay off a little bit because he's been the guy that Cal Perry has tapped to like. I think over the last three years ish and a lot more, I think even a lot more lately to, to connect with the younger players because Kentucky is notorious for, and they, they, they can, and they, in some ways they have to be sort of selective and, and take their time and jumping in with players and maybe making that offer. Uh, and Cal hasn't budged a lot on that, but he has sort of sent Joel justice out into the world to say, let's connect with these young players. Uh, at an earlier age, and while Louisville's probably been you know hotter on the trail longer, and certainly with the head coach involved, maybe longer, uh, Kentucky's in this thing probably in in large part because who knows how long Joel Justice has been connected to this kid? Because again, he's twenty twenty one now, could reclassify, um, but that's an important one. So I wouldn't I would not con- count Kentucky out. It would not shock me at all if uh, in the not so distant future. He commits to Kentucky, and and I don't know if he'd immediately announce his reclassification, but that oh, that happening. Are you being, uh, are you being a little? Uh, are you giving us a little uh, little info here? Is well, I'm just know? saying. I, I think I think it's going to happen. You saying mean, you know something? Okay. No, All no, right. no. Uh, what I don't want to no. put words in your mouth. No, you I don't. I don't know for a fact. I just I just think that you know this seems like a two horse race, Louisville or Kentucky, and you know. For one, this is a, a, a not desperate, but kind of uh, need for Kentucky. And for Kentucky to come to a guy and say, look, we got to have a point guard, and you can be the point guard on a team that's going to be loaded, uh, I would think it'd be pretty appealing. So I, I'm really curious to see how it shakes out because of the, like I said, because of the rivalry aspect. Like this mm-hmm. is head-to-head number one. Like yep. somebody's, somebody's going to send a message in this whole deal. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's, that's, I think that's a good place to move on. Uh, we're going to do one more segment. We're going to wrap up and just talk some football. And, uh, but first we're going to take a break. So, you know, I, there's no like really, really noteworthy thing to talk about in football right now. We're just basically still in the aftermath of this loss. We, you and I were kind of talking off the air about, I, I was making the point that I think that, Really, really, this is all just about how you move forward because last year, you know, the comparison that came to mind for me was Kentucky gets really, really amped up for this game against Georgia. 
it just Florida. they lose and or uh, well no I would say they lost when, when they lost to Georgia I'm oh, pretty last positive year. Tennessee was the next game if I'm oh not yeah they yeah they were broken by that game no doubt about it yeah so a lot uh, more at stake though I mean that was like end of the season you've played well all year you've teed it up for a home game you know essentially SEC championship play in game and you number six Georgia lay lay an egg so maybe not maybe that was took a little more wind out of the sails than than most than a, you know than a week 3 loss would but this is you know this one's a kick in the in the junk for sure <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> no i definitely think that this i think that if they'd beaten florida it was it was definitely a program like momentum kind of a win it would have been you know yes. florida was it, there's they were similar games you know i think that georgia team a year ago was significantly better than the florida team that kentucky played on saturday but um you know georgia was ranked sixth uh florida was ranked ninth i believe this past saturday yeah, i don't think played. georgia's the ninth best team in the country certainly not now without their quarterback but regardless you'd have beaten a, a, a team that as a, a point of fact was a top 10 team and a team you hadn't beaten for 31 years and then you this would be two in a row Mm -hmm. to say like hey it's not a fluke that's pretty big when you're trying to climb the rungs you know and to to have a legitimate winning streak against florida all of a sudden yeah that would have been a they should that should be the you know how they had for a while there it was the why not or they've come up with a few different billboards uh that would have been a, a really good uh Kentucky football slogan it's not a fluke so they were t- <laughs> Kentucky football it's not a fluke. the new Super Bowl commercial yeah that would be said I don't I think we should workshop that I don't think yeah. that one's quite working but uh, today uh, you know Kentucky Starkville is a place where Kentucky has not had a ton of success under no. Mark Stoops um, they were trying to simulate some of that game environment which is totally not fair the fact that they're allowed to use those cowbells which are terrible for everyone's hearing yes. um what do you have you have you gone down to that environment before? yeah it's yeah it's awful and uh, i think vince Merrow talked after practice today uh reporters that were there were saying they per usual had cowbell music being blasted i don't know if it was actual cowbells or music either way but blasting so, it into the practice the field yeah yeah and uh and then Vince Merrow apparently said, I hate it, or it drives me crazy or something. You know, he, he's, he's with everyone else in agreement on that. It's, it's just an awful noise. I mean, all the reporters I know, you know, we'd all remind each other and, and pull out our uh, earplugs, noise-canceling earplugs, you know, because it's an open-air press box, too. Do you um, literally wear earplugs when you're Yeah, there? oh, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, is, it is deafening at times, and it's, you know... Obviously, a loud stadium's loud anyway if they just roar, but if they're roaring and banging these metal cowbells, it's obnoxious. And it is, I mean, it really shouldn't be allowed to be a thing. Like, oh, well, it's our tradition. I mean, <laughs> a lot of traditions like, are bad. What, I think yeah, from like, the South, we know about that, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, what if everyone, well, it's my tradition to fire off my pistol with every touchdown? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, Let me say something to the Mississippi State people here. You're going to get tinnitus. You need to stop. This is ridiculous. You should. This has to die. (laughs) Let's think about our health. But it is. uh, I mean, it's it is an intimidating environment. And I mean, Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops has beaten Mississippi State twice. He has yet to win in Starkville, and it, it hasn't been particularly close the last two trips to Starkville. Uh, the last two combined. 
the scores combined are uh, oh, uh, Mississippi State 87, Ooh. Kentucky 23. Oh, Dak Prescott I mean, was one of them, right? Yeah, I 40 think. Play, they've given up 40-plus points in both of them, have not scored more than two touchdowns in either one of those games. Uh, yeah, they've gotten lit up by Nick Fitzgerald and Dak Prescott um, down there. Now, those are really good quarterbacks, but they also played those teams uh, – they played those teams with those same quarterbacks in Lexington, and the results were much different. Um, you know, they won on the the game winning field goal two years ago uh, in Lexington. Last year, they blew them out twenty eight seven in Lex. That was a really the statement win of the season, I think. You know, early on that let people know, okay, wow, this is this is a different Kentucky team. That was um, an impressive win, yeah, and it was actually just... close late, but they just, I mean, they mashed the gas and and ran away from them. Um, Benny so, had one of his best games of his career that night, didn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, the thing about it is, so it's tough to go from that, what we talk about, like the mental aspect of recovering from blowing a game like Florida and then go into this hornet's nest where they're banging these godforsaken noise machines uh, and you've sort of, in your mind, you already know, like, oh, man, we get stomped every time we come here. Um that's not great. <laughs> well, uh, as a lot a setup. of those people aren't here anymore, though, right. too. You know? It's and, a younger team. Yeah, and that's where I was going. Like, But this is not that Mississippi State team. Uh, right now, you know, three games in, they rank in the bottom third of the SEC in all the major categories. They're ninth in total defense, 11th in total offense. Uh, pretty good against the run. I'm sorry, pretty good uh, run offense. They they average 224 rushing yards a game, but they're 13th out of 14 teams in passing. Nick Fitzgerald is gone. They've used two different quarterbacks, a freshman and a senior. One of those guys got helicoptered in the game Saturday against Kansas <laughs> State. One of the most violent-looking th- – I mean, it, it doesn't even look real. It looks like sort of a stunt double type thing. It looked like Brad Pitt at the end of Meet Joe Black when he gets <laughs> hit by the car like oh four God. times. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. kind of. You could, If you were a good editor, you could totally put those in there, <laughs> like swap them out. But, you could yeah. do that. I think you could make it happen. No, I'm not that good. But, but yeah. you know, I, to me – you can't use you can't really use like well Starkville's tough as an excuse. If this you know if this Kentucky team uh, is sort of made of the same stuff that the last couple have been made of the the things that have set them apart as something different than we've seen from Kentucky. If it's not in fact and you know a lot of people want to bang that. don't do, don't say this is so Kentucky we buried that nah do it you know one year does not bury that I'm sorry. Um, it doesn't. You've got to prove it year after year. It's one I think of the reasons you have to have two coaches in a row to totally change your pro- program. That's my opinion. One coach isn't going to la- isn't going to do it unless it's you know because we've seen major programs fall off after one coach. I feel oh, like you're saying the- like in say in terms of saying that you've you've changed like what how your program is thought of. Like yes. you have to have another guy come in and be able to do that. Yes. Yeah, that's probably right. And and I think I don't know. Mark Stoops going to stay here a while. <laughs> you think should. He will? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Andy Staples, somebody was uh, met, tweeting at him about, you know, is this the year somebody snags Mark Stoops? Like, uh, I think they said it feels like he's earned a shot at a big time school like Auburn, which that'll burn up the Kentucky fans. Well, we're a football school too. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'd go to Auburn if I. Yeah, was I, Auburn doesn't strike. I mean, you gotta go be no. the little brother in in the state of Alabama. Um, but, they move, but but they move on quickly at yes, Auburn. Yes, they do. I mean, they fired guys who've won a national championship, and if they yeah. fire and if they fire Malzahn, they'll have fired a guy who played for a national championship what two years ago. 
Uh, go read Kyle's preview on The Athletic. Follow me at, at @jkyleman on Twitter and follow Kyle at KyleTucker underscore A-T-H. And uh, support us, like us, give us a review. Give us, uh, give us all the love that you can, folks, because uh, it's, it's so hard to find, to quote uh, Childish Gambino. Uh, so we will see you tomorrow, folks. Later on. Bye. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.